Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today, we're going to be speaking about beautiful, beautiful ancient Sufi poetry. Well, some could argue whether it's ancient, but it is the work of Kabir that my dear friend and colleague Andrew Harvey has translated uh, very recently and issued a book called Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems of Kabir. It is also richly photographed by Brett Hurd, and together the poems and the photographs make a truly delightful, very powerful experience, which of course is what both parties had in mind from the beginning. Andrew has been a guest on A Better World Radio and TV, talking about sacred activism, talking about Rumi, and uh, sharing with our audiences uh, the depth and richness of his own personal experience, as well as his perception of reality, what it is that is happening on our dear, beautiful planet right now as we are facing some of the world's most intense crises. And he deals with these uh, rather profoundly in his work as founder and director of the Institute of Sacred Activism. Andrew has a long and outstanding history of teaching at Oxford, having once been originally born in, uh, originally, in South India in 1952, and his life has been traveling around the world, sharing with people the depths of his heart, the brilliance of his work, his understanding of matter and spirit, and waking people up wherever he goes based on his very fiercely potent messages. And again, that comes forth in this latest book of his called Turn Me to Gold. As I said, the 108 poems of Kabir translated by Andrew and with photographs by Brett Hurd. So it's with great appreciation of my dear friend, Andrew Harvey. Welcome back to A Better World, my friend. Thank you so much, Mitchell, and thank you so much for giving such a shout-out to this book of Kabir's. I've been obsessed with Kabir most of my life, and yeah. now realized how important Kabir is for our time, because he's speaking with such a naked, fierce voice, and God, do we need naked, fierce voices. That is so true, and you capture the spirit of his words. I read Kabir as a teenager, actually, Andrew, and uh, what was known, I think it was, was it Robert Bly? I'm trying to remember. Yes, who, yes, yes. Right? Yeah. So that was my first uh, encounter with Kabir. And honestly, while it's nothing quite like this weighty tome you put together here, it still sank deeply into me, and I can totally understand why you have been living with him so close to your heart for so many years, and he has been such an awakening force for you. Tell us a little bit about this journey and adventure you've been on with Kabir's work for these past number of years. I was born in India, as you know, and to mm -hmm. be born in India is to be born into a throbbing, living, vibrant, sacred world, a real divine culture. Yeah. And I was initiated very early on through my own inmost experiences into the oneness behind all things, the oneness that is the source of all the religions. I lost that realization when I went to England and became part of the system and became a professor at Oxford, but had a series of <laughs> near... At a very early age, might I ask, yes. right? <laughs> too early an age. Yes. And then when I was 25, I went back to India and I went to the holy city of Benares and I was standing in a temple and an old wild sadhu with long matted hair and streaks of ash all over him came into the temple and started to sing wildly and I was shaken to my core and in my bad Hindi I asked him what were you singing and he looked at me and he said Kabir of course 
<laughs> right. and then went out of the room. Dear you like, fool, God. don't you recognize Kandir, it? you fool, who else would I be singing? <laughs> and I heard the name, but having the experience of Kabir yes. like that in his holy city just gutted oh. me. So I plunged into Kabir. I plunged into Bly's translations. I plunged into translations in French and German. I beefed up my Hindi and started reading Kabir, the different compilations. I read the amazing translations of great scholars like Charlotte Vaudeville and Linda Hess. And actually, what happened is that I think I grew frightened of him because he's so naked, so fierce, so cuts mm-hmm. away everything but the truth that I put him on the shelf for many, many years and plunged into my passion for Rumi, which, as you know, lasted yeah. has lasted my whole life. Sure. And I think that what actually happened in my evolution is that my passion for Rumi cooked me well enough and deeply enough for me to be able in my late 50s, to go back to Kabir. And then when a series of catastrophes happened in my personal life and I had to move into a log cabin in the middle of Arkansas, which turned out to be one mm. of the happiest and best things I ever did. Oh, I remember I that took period. Kabir, yeah. yes. <laughs> I took Kabir with me. I took him to live yes. with me. I lived with him in that log cabin and yes. something astounding happened. I don't really know how to describe it. I just, I fell in love with his work at a primordial level. And that falling in mm-hmm. love in that way opened me up to him. And he started to come and possess me. And I translated hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of his poems and also started crazily to write in my own Kabir voice. Oh, and I realized that what was happening is that I was being possessed by him. And that through my spiritual destiny I'd been brought to the king of mystics, the great universal king of truth. You said he was a Sufi and he could be claimed and has been claimed as a Sufi. He's also been claimed Mm -hmm. as a Hindu. He's also been claimed as a Sikh. But the reality is that he is a universal mystic, isn't he? Yes. Yes. And his vision is perhaps the most radical that we've ever been given. I think he is just as radical as Jesus and just as exalted as Rumi. He's radical because he's saying, look, religions are a costume party. They're all claiming privileged access to the truth. They're run by the boys club. This is fantasy and illusion and will keep you (laughs) trapped in vanity and superstition and banal life. So give them up. He's also saying that They're crazy because we have, through divine grace, a direct connection right now, this moment, with the eternal. And it's that direct connection, sustained by a simple practice of the name of God, that will take you through all of the great trials and ordeals and revelations of the path and birth you as a divine human. Kabir is a great evolutionary mystic, and we're going through a massive, terrible evolutionary crisis. And I right believe Kabir's voice is right now. And I yes. do deeply believe that Christ, this crisis can be steered through if we listen to those who have already gone through a dark night and been born yes. into the new truth. And Kabir is the supreme master of that dark night process and the birth that results from it. So that's why Yes indeed to go is now the book that I poured my soul into to give the world that vision, to give the world the chance of an experience like I'd had with this astounding guy. Well I've gotta tell you it is conveyed. It is conveyed both in the words, and I have to tell you, you've added, you've augmented something in this work, Andrew, through the photographs, which so complement, truly organically complement the languaging. And uh, I, I feel like it needs to be said because it's with all complete respect and homage to Kabir, uh, what you did, this confluence 
of language, of word and image, takes it yet to another level. And Thank I just you. want to say that's, that for the record, okay, truly. That you should say that. Thank you, because isn't it interesting to say that? Yes, yeah. I think it's yeah. extraordinary that you say that, because truly it realizes a dream of mine, because... Well, first of all, I didn't want to produce a pretty book. Kabir is not pretty. Kabir is God's assassin, mm-hmm. as he calls himself. He's a thug. Mm. And yes. I wanted to present a book which was illustrated by Benares, the place, the crazy, wild, yes. holy, yes. shatteringly <laughs> weird place that he grew up in, which is still all of those things. Uh-huh. And then I met this young photographer because he was part of a shoot that I was part of on uh, yes. making a film on the White Lions in Timbavati. And I saw his work and I was astonished by its fierceness and clarity. And we became dear friends. And I said to him, look, Brett, Brett Hurd, he's a magnificent young Canadian photographer. I said, look, let's go to Benares, you and I. And I took him to India, and he took these astonishing photographs in that trip and then another trip. He fell wildly in love with India, and he saw India with these fresh, astounded eyes. And then these photographs came to really show what Kabir is speaking about, to show the raw divine in ordinary life to show it just blazing out from every direction so what i feel this book is turn me to gold isn't just an announcement of the new stage of human evolution that we're all struggling to realize now sure but it's actually an attempt at a a living sacred manuscript a modern sacred Mm. illuminated manuscript and Mm -hmm. the photographs have gained great acclaim because of their ferocity and their boldness yes but they have really true qualities as as kabir does himself and as the as the truth of indian life manifested on the streets of benares blazes out at you you realize death and life together horror and bliss together agony and great joy together all held in this great peace and that itself is a transmission of the essence of reality and that essence of reality is what kabir is transmitting so the photographs and the text dance in that way they do they do that is so beautifully put you're so awesomely articulate about the nuances and tones that emanate from the page both the word and the imager and you know at first i was going to start the interview andrew from a from a satellite view a a larger purview and slowly make our way in but no there's no waiting with you dive right into the heart of the matter which i should have suspected which by the way is fantastic and you're bringing in us into the heartbeat of the language and the poetry itself with what you were saying and i i just want to comment on the one thing and then i'm going to actually ask if you would be kind enough to read a little bit to us would you do that? Oh, I'd love to. God. Good. Good. Mm. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, this idea I, I so appreciate and Kabir is absolutely masterful about is to undress religion and both even in its deeper spiritual aspects as well as yes. in the patriarchal costume, as you said, the formalities, the traditions, the cultural aspects, and he just wipes it all away so thoroughly. And I'm reminded of the whole work these days that is happening in the distinction between religion and spirituality, and either including interfaith and inter-spirituality, and we know we both have friends who are very much promulgating those ideas, and God bless, it's wonderful. But when I think about Kabir, who just in one four, you know, four-line poem. (laughs) Exactly, one sword split. And go into the one directly. That's the message. There you go, there you go. So would you read one of those pithy poems? (laughs) 
I read you my or a few, actually. Terrifying. Please. But amazing. That would be beautiful. This is Kabir Neat. This is the Neat Vodka, kids. <laughs> this, I've discovered, is true knowledge. Those who scramble to get into a boat sink like a stone midstream, while the shelterless and abandoned reach the other shore. Those who dare to take the hard, winding, thorny road get to town in the end. Those who stroll the easy highway get robbed or even killed soon after they set out. Everyone's wound in illusion's web, the so-called holy, as much as the worldly. And those who run for safety under the comforting dais of form and ritual and dogma, well, life's hurricane lashes them. Stay out in the open. You'll be left safe and dry. The ones love never savages live in boredom and pain. Those love devours like a cannibal live in bliss forever. The ones who lose their own eyes come to see the whole creation blazing in their own light. Those who hold on to their sight remain blind as bats in full noon. When I began to awaken to the truth, I saw how bizarre and crazy the world really is. God. That is such a frontal assault. All of our illusions of safety and security and identity and personality and all of our desires for a nice, smooth, easy spiritual path, awakening to our full divine humanity after a few workshops. What I hear you saying is yes. that you don't have a hope in hell or heaven of getting out of illusion until you realize just how illusion-ridden almost you are think and you do is. Right. <laughs> it's absolutely shattering. And he's saying, look, it, the people who get scuppered in life are the people who reach for security. The madness of the world is that by reaching for that security, you already sign your death warrant. You write yourself into a story which then dictates your life. But if you can remain shelterless, if you can remain abandoned, if you can be marginal, if you can go out of all of the concepts and conventions and live naked in exposure to truth, you will reach the other shore. But you're going to have exactly. to really be prepared to take the hard, winding, thorny road because this road of transfiguration that he's speaking of, this great evolutionary transformation that we're in, is a transformation of everything. The, the deep roots of how we think, the deep, traumatic, karmically dark roots of how we feel, the resistance to transformation in the very cells of the body, all of this has to be faced as well as the craziness of samsara, the craziness of this world mm -hmm. and chaos. And mm -hmm. that's a hard, winding, thorny road, but you get to town in the end. But those who stroll yes. the easy highway, who take who become new agers and believe in magical thinking and become <laughs> hedonists and think that having the best toys will win. They get robbed or even killed soon after they set yes. out. On this the path. the real exactly. truth. Yes. It, it, is, is, it is like the wrathful like deities. Yeah, Isn't it like the Tibetan Buddhist wrathful deities? You don't totally. even want to it's look at them. They're horrible. It's skulls drinking full of blood. Are you kidding? You think this is spiritual life? You think that you've got a, a ghost of an idea of what really is reality? Are you right. kidding yourself? The world's <laughs> a lunatic asylum, and you're as crazy as the rest if you believe any of this horseshit. Exactly. You remember that old movie with uh, Alan Bates? What was that called of uh during World War Two? Um the Germans come into a town uh in Italy, I believe it was, and they let 
the insane asylum open. They open it, and all of the <laughs> oh, yes, people yes, go I into the town. Yes. You remember it? It's so brilliant. And they're having the most... Right, right. And they're having the most wonderful time. That's what's interesting. Until the uh, Scottish and the British uh, um, soldiers come in and look at them like they're half mad, you know, and then all of a sudden they quiet down and eventually go back to the insane asylum, you know. Right? I'm I'm forgetting the name of it. But it's sort of like that. You know, the world is stark, raving lunatic. And, uh, who sees and it and who doesn't? Too. He's saying that everyone's wound in Illusion's Web. Yes! And this is, this exactly. is how radical he gets. He's saying, look, don't go to the gurus. They're in the costume party. They're playing in light and just exactly. find out what they do exactly. between 9 o'clock in the morning and 5 when they put on their white robes and come out and pretend to be <laughs> God before you. God Almighty, stop that bullshit and stop believing in the priests and anybody's believe in the true exactly. self living within you and connect with that true self and you will be taught directly by God. But that means... Also, consenting to die, and Kabir is one of the greatest of all mystical mm, poets because mm. he's one of the greatest poets about begging us, really, to die so yes. that we can live eternally. Yes. He says, you know, I am God's assassin, <laughs> and I am oh, waiting for you I... in the dark alley of abandoned love for when you are brave enough to run onto my knife. So Kabir is really interesting. Saying, I'm Andrew. going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to play games with you. I'm not going to flatter That's you. Right. I'm not going to tell you how fabulous you are. Because actually you're in a burning lunatic asylum and you will yeah. burn in those flames if you don't realize that there is only one way out of the asylum and that is dying in the flames of love so that you can burn forever in the fire of the eternal presence of love, heart, mind, soul, and body. The rest is a fantasy or a kind of magical thinking that might entertain you for a bit but won't work, or just a lazy man's or woman's version of spirituality. The rest has mm -hmm. no meaning in a situation as extreme as the one oh. we're in. And Kabir was really damn well the whole story is no, away so everything. It's actually, I mean, as you're speaking and as you were reading the poem, it was actually has biblical themes and motifs, as well as you mentioned in the introduction about Jesus and even at the beginning of today, that there are these parallels in terms oh, of the yes. fierceness, uh, turning over of the tables and the threatening yes. of the archaic patriarchal in this case order of things right you know i mean he yes, almost makes jesus it, look like uh, a gentleman you know well he does make jesus look like a gentleman and i think that's kabir's tremendous contribution to us at this moment yes. he's saying you're being far too pretty and mealy-mouthed about all of this the world's exactly. burning to death you idiots and you're burning to right. death in it if you're going to burn to death <sighs> burn to the right death burn to the yep. death of deathlessness burn away in the flames of intense devotion and be resurrected and start radiating fierce authentic presence in action Kabir is not just about mystical experience. He's about the transfiguration of the whole human being into the divine human so that yes. that divine human can start transforming society. Kabir is absolutely against the caste system. He's absolutely against the rulership of the Brahmins. He's totally... Mm -hmm fantastically and profoundly against cruelty to animals whom he considers as sacred as ourselves. Mm, He's mm -hmm. saying, be born as a divine human so that you could be strong and wild and authentic and clear enough to stand up for the real world in which you are equal to the whole creation and sacredness in which your job is to love and protect and nourish justice and compassion on every level in your world. That's the 
eternal message of the eternal truth to every single human being. And Kabir is the one poet that I know who has been capable of telling that truth without prettifying it in any way. He was the slave of that truth. And his mm. slavery produced these incandescent, sword-like poems which just cut through everything to reveal oh. the abjectness of our ignorance and the glory of our potential at the same time. How amazing. Truly. Well, that raises again all that you were saying here brings back, you know, uh, it's not that I was born Christian but Jewish, but I'm still thinking about the whole idea of the self dying and being reborn, which is so much considered uh, a feature of what Jesus' life was teaching us. The idea of dying and reborn as a divine being, a divine creature. Yes. And but would you see and talk about that parallel? That's a very deep parallel, but the actual reality is, I think, goes even further. All of the great mystics of love, whatever tradition they belong to, speak of the great death, they call it different things, the dark night sure. of the soul, or right. fanar in Sufism. And it is also true of Tibetan Buddhism and Shaivism and many, many other mm -hmm. disciplines, because everyone knows who comes to this particular place beyond religion that you have to go through a complete shattering of the false self for the truth and brilliance and power of the real self to be yeah. unleashed. It's like the splitting of the atom. The atom of the false self has to be split for the mm -hmm. radioactive nuclear glory of the authentic self to be released. Yeah. And it's a quantum yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what the world is in at the moment. We're in a unique well, that, evolutionary position because we're going through multiple dark nights, each on our own way, within a global dark night process. Because all of our well, you know, are being stripped it's away. It's interesting that you bring this up, of course, and it's only appropriate that you and I would be speaking about the global terrorists situation, and I'm not talking about humans being the terrorists in the classic way that we have been taught, but rather those that have jeopardized, jeopardized the magnificence of our planet through puncturing her and through extraction technologies and the like oh, God, that have yes. so disrupted her beautiful ecosystem to the point that today we have, well, I've recently interviewed uh, Dar Jamal, who I learned is a good yeah. friend of yours, uh, mm -hmm. and the end of ICE, who calls this climate dis uh, disru disruption. But I said, honestly, I guess I really go farther, and I call it climate catastrophe. It's way more than disruption. It's oh my God, an yeah. utter heading toward what is perhaps an end of an era, and that might well, be, just you know, human species destroying era. humanity and a great deal of there we nature. go. Yes, exactly. So I would love to hear you talk about, for a moment here, about the relationship of the fierceness of Kabir's message to us and how that resonates, Andrew, today with, it's as though world is metaphor, you know, for these um, yes. these. Fires and everything. question. Yeah. Look, what Kabir did for me was to help my voice become a sword. Why I'm producing these poems now for people is to give them the chance to have their beings made into a living sword. What's mm. needed on the earth are utterly unafraid, passionate, authentic people grounded in their deepest self, speaking unadorned truth, and Kabir is the great trainer of the special forces of evolution. And as I'm saying that, I think of somebody whom I myself take as a model, and that is the 15-year-old girl, Greta Thundren, oh, yeah. although autistic, 
Thunberg gave the most incredible speech, which shook me and millions of others to the course. He just said in front of the world leaders and the bankers and the CEOs, you are destroying the planet and we are going to hold you accountable. You've got to shift this. We're no longer (laughs) just interested in you talking in expensive venues. We want action. Exactly. That's Kabir speaking through a 15-year-old girl, Greta Thunberg. That's the Kabir voice. We all need it. Because Mm -hmm. how many more animal species will we just sit back sipping our Chardonnay and watch disappear? How much more destruction of places like Syria must there be to keep our disgusting system going? Or Yemen. Or Yemen, and how many more billions of people must live in abject, horrific poverty so that we can keep up this complete fiction of endless progress? This is the question that every human being should be asking themselves, and the only way you can get brave enough is to go deep into your divine self and be and find the naked courage that lives there and then train yourself with people like Rumi and Kabir who train you to open completely and trust. Look what Kabir says. He says, stay out in the open and you'll be left safe and dry. Greta Thunberg is in the open. She's speaking the open truth. We've got to all go out into that open, terrifying though it is, because it exists. Vulnerable as it is, right? Totally vulnerable. Vulnerable, quivering, naked hearts. Yes. Yes, indeed. But it's the place where we're most alive and most ourselves and most able to reach other people. It's the place from which the whole of Kabir's poetry comes. And it's the place from which Greta Thunberg is speaking, and it's the place from which Ocasio-Cortez is speaking. It's the place Mm -hmm. where the new divine feminine, whether it's living either in a man or in a woman, is speaking, because the Mm -hmm. mother has had it with this crazy, destructive, dissociated, degenerate, decadent behavior. And it's going to kill us if somebody, if a great many people don't truly possess themselves of this force of of authenticity, grounded in divine awareness, and step forward acting urgently and with wisdom. That's the only way in which we can avert total catastrophe. So true. Let's let everybody know you are listening to Mitchell J. Rabin on A Better World. I am speaking with Andrew Harvey for the hour. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Please tune in to our weekly radio show and on Mondays at 7 o'clock New York time, our TV show. And you can uh, tune into that from anywhere in the world, actually. And we have people listening from all over, including Mother India, by the way, Andrew. Oh, uh, how and wonderful. you can do that by going to www abetterworld.tv and in the upper right hand corner it says click to watch go there a few minutes uh, before 7 on Mondays and uh, you can tune in or go to our radio archive and listen and get our free newsletter which is available announcing who our guests are what our subjects are and the like at www.abetterworld.tv in fact talking about TV I remember some years back when you were here and we were reading together from Rumi from your beautiful translations there as well and so it's just a theme that continues to obviously recur and you keep bringing these brilliant brilliant poets to the forefront in a day of the 21st century that has become so dominated by electronic devices and artificial intelligence and robotics and things that are the absolute opposite of the magnificence and beauty of poetry. And Andrew, thank you for continuing to remind us of the quickness of our soul and how important it is to return to this level of reality that is calling us and is always, as Kabir kind of reminds us, at our side, which is, of course, the name of the first movement of your book. I love the way you've got it organized, by the way. I am already by your side. I love it. I want to read 
I want to read one poem and then to be followed Please. by others. This is one that I just, uh, well, I so appreciate all of them, but the terror of death that flays humanity doesn't come near me. I'm not battered by sin or virtue. I don't know anything about heaven or hell. Kabir says, listen up, seekers. Sit nobly on the seat you are. <sighs> There's that sword that again. Is, that is really a hugely radical poem, isn't it? Because he's saying, look, truly, <laughs> I am outside any appeal by the moralists, I'm outside any fear that you could tell me about death. I don't yes. give a fig for what you're saying heaven is, and I don't believe in hell, <laughs> because I am here. I am here in my human divinity, and I know that my consciousness is one with the self and is deathless. So, the game is over. And then he says sit nobly on the seat you are. That's all you need to do. Because if you sit nobly, you'll discover the truth that all of the great mystics have been trying to tell you, that you are that. You are the transcendent one that is appearing in and as everything in you and around you and everything around you is in you. That's reality. That's where you're going. So get rid of the rest and go there now. Exactly. So before we jump into the... <laughs> oh, it blows me away. I just love it. And I love... I mean, it actually reminds me, if you don't mind my saying, of one of my dear uh, best poets of... Uh, one of my great favorites is Lao Tzu, who oh, really yeah. is, God, the, the parallels again. I'm just, you know, yes. uh, awed because it's beyond the idea of sin, beyond the idea of virtue, of being yes. good, because that sets up the polarity, you know, which is from which we all suffer and That's are, true. by the way, no. deluded and deluded. Right. But the oneness with the one naturally responds in compassion and with justice and with love and with joy because that's the nature of the one. Yes. There's no need to be good because goodness itself is a construction. If you're in yes. a simple natural state of unity, you yes. are radiating love and joy and peace and passion and truth. Exactly, which you could say is, if you want to, is inherently good. So the Buddhist yes. notion of basic goodness, as Trungpa Rinpoche, talk about fierce iconoclasts, used to talk about that in his teachings on Shambhala, that we are basically good, that that's Buddha nature. But in a sense, you don't have to talk about it that way. It's, all, it's, inher it's already inherent, if you will. Right, but the danger of that formulation is that it doesn't involve what true oneness involves, which is complete conscious acceptance and understanding of the very deep shadows that reality. you have, yeah. and yeah. of the shadows of reality, the terrible, horrific sides of the one, too. Yes. yes. A far deeper it can set up that detail. polarity. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there is, that's why Kabir, to me, is wiser when he's not speaking about goodness or evil. He's speaking about unity consciousness, about yes, non-dual exactly. awareness in which everything is present in harmony, in mystery, in peace. That's a far so deeper state, I think. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I wholly agree. In fact, what I think you're doing, in a sense... Um, is tiptoeing around, funny, because he's the last tiptoer to be found, but uh, our current situation, which of course is utterly on fire, I've said for so many years, Andrew, oh, I feel too, like yeah. it is Rome that is on fire, and we've got a little water squirt gun. Like, what the heck is going on? When are people going? In fact, look, I went into the field of psychology, and I knew I wanted to do that when I was a young teenager because I saw that the world was mad. That was my realization <laughs> at age 
14. You know, this world is bad. What? Yes. I was precocious, sort of like you, you know. And um, I realized, I thought, well, maybe I should go into politics and change the rules so we don't fight and blow each other's heads off in order to settle a dispute. Or maybe I should do this. Or maybe. And I realized, you know, this is a psychological issue, which you could also say is a spiritual issue. And. If we're going to get this game straight, we have to understand what it is that contributes to this mad state of mind. And I don't mean mad as in drunk on God. I mean mad as in delusional. No, God, no. mad as in delusional, right? yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, truly samsara. And so yes. that's where I started out in this life. And now a better world is completely committed to working both internally with people on their minds and hearts and souls, but also on the macro level to put out the fire, you know, using everything we can, every resource, every technology, what have you, that will help to mitigate and even According to Paul Hawken, it's possible to reverse global warming. That's a hotly disputed issue. I don't want to bother going there. But in light of Kabir and your contribution in so many ways to our society and to our general you know, morphogenetic field of higher thought, what do you see as the role Kabir can play for us at this critical juncture in which we currently live? I think he can play the most important role of all, and that is the role in making us totally sober and lucid about what's happening. I think we have to accept that we are headed for extinction while doing everything we can calmly and from divine awareness to prevent that possibility happening. And that is about the most position for a human being to take. On the one hand, to see clearly that everything is headed towards unimaginable chaos and destruction. And to see, too, that there is a divine within us that can if it's realized in heart, mind, soul, and body, empower us so as to take miraculous action in new and amazing ways. Those two possibilities now coexist as two sides of the same overwhelming evolutionary event. My position is this, and this is a position that Kabir has helped me see. My okay. position is that I am prepared to be a nurse at the hospital of the death. But what I am concentrating on with every part of myself is the birth, the birth in myself and in my work mm -hmm. and in the people around me of a new divine consciousness centered on presence and sacred action. I don't know whether enough people will wake up. I don't know whether enough people will go the full journey so as to become empowered enough to really rise into the new reality. I don't know. I don't even know that God knows. I think that we're gambling, and I'm prepared to gamble my life for the birth, knowing clearly and deeply that the death is possible. This is my position. Wow. I am with you, brother. I really follow, and I'm really with. On one hand, I personally feel like I'm a midwife or a doula at a birth. Yes. And it's, <laughs> at the same time, it's, I feel like we're all staring death in the face, you know. And yes. I, I, but there's right? a great gift it, in it, that, and that's Kabir's truth, yes. too. The great gift yes. is that we become authentic, that we love passionately, that we stand up for what we care about, that we yes. deepen our friendships, that we plunge into more profound love affairs with animals, that we look at the flowers, that we revere Mozart, that we celebrate yes. deeply what we are and have been given every single day. I find that staring death into the, in the face is the most exhilarating of all things. It makes you really cherish Alive. every moment. Oh, God, yes. 
And this is an ancient shamanic teaching, basically, totally. of having it's, living it's, with yes. death on one shoulder. And I well, got Tibetan that monks message go to bed with so skulls, long ago. You know? Yeah, yes. it is. Yes, yes. And, and it, isn't Nietzsche that the said, teaching that the world is being given. And who knows yes. what people woken up by this terrifying crisis will be able to do when they come together in full realization of what's about to be lost. We don't know. We must go for every possibility now, calmly understanding, too, that they may all fail. But going for them out of exactly. radiant heartfulness and deep trust in the divine that whatever we do will be worth it and will count. Absolutely. You know, I'm reminded of a few things that I'll share with you. One is uh, the quote from the former playwright and uh, president of, of uh, Czechoslovakia. In fact, it was Dar Jamal ah. who quoted it at the end of our interview. And you who wrote the book, or a book, a beautiful book on hope. In fact, that was the last time we had you on as a guest some years back yeah. at PRN, right? Um, and, you know, so this idea of hope that isn't measurable, its power is not measurable by a certain outcome, but rather no. by the experience itself of the hope that generates life and love. I'd love for you well, to speak on that. Even deeper than that, I think, it's hope Please. is born from the experience of your divine nature, your deathless nature. If you are deathless, as the yes. mystics say you are, and you know you are, and mm -hmm. I know I am, and I know everybody listening is, then y there is hope grounded in the very essence of your being. And you can stay in that consciousness if you work at it. And from that consciousness, you can do tender, wonderful, loving things, even in final horrific situations. And that is hope, alive. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I think that's such an important message, Andrew, at this point in time. Because people start to feel, when they really digest what's going on, and this is a stage in it all, of feeling hopeless. And oh, God, yes, one you may you've got to need to go hope. to those depths. Excuse me? You have to be prepared to give up false hope. You have to be prepared to give up yes. magical hope. You have to be prepared to give up your agendas of hope. But if you are prepared to do that, the divine will reward you with something so amazing, which is its own hope its own certainty, its own sense of mystery, of the unfathomable expansion that is happening through divine love throughout the universe. It will teach you that. It will give you that, which is so much bigger than any of your human hopes. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I'm also reminded of, <laughs> this sounds funny, I don't know, I keep thinking of movies today. I don't even remember The Ruling Class with Peter O'Toole. Like oh, Eddie I Chance. do, years ago. Do you yeah. remember that? It's, it never made it really big, but it got fairly big. Well, there is, uh, and of course he believes that he is Jesus. Remember, he's got a cross yes. in the living room that he has. <laughs> Something probably that has afflicted many people, yes. <laughs> that's right, exactly. And Everybody um, has a so, year or two, yes. That's right, that's right. He, uh, also in that film, there was an image, because he was born into the aristocracy and the, and the parliament, and there was... Uh, Images toward the end of the film, if you remember, uh, looking through his eyes of all of the older aristocracy in the House of Commons, and they were all skeletons and cobwebbed, old patriarchal men who stank to high heaven and they were you know it's that costume that Kabir speaks of and it was just seen through it was completely pierced in those images in that film where you just had the rawness 
of the and the and the madness of our ordinary society that these sort of like dead people are running yeah. our vital society. Do you know? Do you, I don't know if you remember those images, but I do. They've I do. stayed with you me see, all of the yes. years. <laughs> well, it, it, right? It's, you see that? Absolutely. Me too. That's why I brought back Rumi, been part of the Rumi Renaissance, and that's why I'm trying to bring back yes. Kabir. We also need to remember that we've had on the earth absolutely fearless, amazing, illumined beings who have lived glorious yes. lives and spoken and given to us unbelievable help and advice and inspiration. We need to remember that. We need to remember the the great ones who sit nobly on the seats. They are like Ramana Maharshi, like the great yes. prophets, like Jesus. We are also them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And perhaps That's a the deepest comment. meaning of this crisis is to birth as many of us as them as possible. Yes. To birth the real special forces of evolution on the earth, willing to engage in a tender battle for the future, whatever the outcome. Willing to turn up with their whole beings, gambling everything for justice and compassion. Exactly. And we better keep the world we live in, i.e. not world, actually, but our creation, Mother Earth, Pachamama, Gaia, the feminine nature of reality, if you will, you know, because this is truly our home. And when we have, and we've sacrificed her, can you imagine putting a match to your mattress? Can you imagine? I mean, it's unheard of. But in fact, well, that's what we have done metaphorically. Yes, but it shows the depth right. to which this consciousness of separation has taken us, the abyss that it's flung us into. But exactly. there again, that abyss can open up onto unimaginable revelation if enough people realize that these are not, these shadows that are erupting are part of us, but they're not all of us. Because we also yeah. have St. Francis and Rumi and Kabir and Ramakrishna and Indeed. Jesus and Muhammad and, in us. And that is who we need to turn to in us to give us whatever wisdom and strength we need. Yes, very true, very true. Could I ask you to please read again another one of your favorite of the 108 poems here? Absolutely. And this one is a gentler one, so that uh, people who may be a bit scolded by our wildness <laughs> and Kabir's wildness may just realize that Kabir also has an extraordinarily tender... Which movement will you be reading from? And maybe you could preface the poem with giving us a sense of how you beautifully orchestrated the book, uh, quite literally, into movements. Well, Kabir didn't write his poems. He sang them in ecstasy. And that was a huge clue to me, as well as the experience that I first had of him being sung. And then I understand from my own path that the way of representing a mystical journey is best done musically, with different themes coming back in different ways. So what I did was to organize the whole of Kabir's vision of the journey to transfiguration in four musical movements that are like a long mystical symphony. And I took a long time, actually, organizing them in this way, and I'm very happy with the result because if you read it mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end in that way, you'll have a very complete transmission from Kabir about all of the different stages that lead to the unimaginable stage of being born as a divine human. Mm -hmm. And this is from the number, this is from the first movement. Okay. This is such a lovely poem. It's page 14. 14? Okay. The Lord himself, the Lord himself is a guest in your heart. Why are you still so desperately Seeking him. Offer your whole heart to him. 
before night darkens it. How many eons you've waited for this momentous chance. Go near now to his heart. Offer yourself selflessly. He'll give you an ocean of ecstasy and explain to you himself love's mysteries and essence. Kabir says, how could I ever express how blessed I am to have won his unshakable love? such a beautiful poem because he's saying you're you're looking for God and God is living inside you and you are like a fish swimming in the water of God God in the depths of your heart why what are you looking for (laughs) offer your whole heart to him before night just turn in adoration to the mystery and say I give myself to you completely. I don't know anything about you. I don't know that I'll ever know, but I love you, and I know that you are loved. Just do that. Just do that, and just see what happens. And he says, go near now to his heart. Offer yourself selflessly. Just that. And then he will teach you, the Lord, the divine, whatever name you call it, will teach you directly through experiences, through revelations exactly what you need to do and how to do it and what stage you are and where you are going. You'll be instructed directly from the source and by the source. And that's the most inspiring, imaginable message. It's not easy to offer yourself selflessly, but if you can begin to jump into the darkness of love, begin to learn how to jump, you'll find that every time you jump, you will be met. And you'll be taken deeper and further. You'll never be abandoned. Not even when you think you are most abandoned will you be abandoned. This is really the message that humanity needs to hear at this moment because it's very easy for people to feel totally paralyzed and helpless and abandoned at what's happening. What's happening is part of a potentially vast birth process. Many things will have to be destroyed. It will be appalling. But if people can listen to Kabir and to the great mystics and really get down with their deep selves, they have more than a chance of living with joy and in joy and creating oases of peace and purpose around them, whatever happens. Hallelujah. You could really say that a lot of the uh, violence and injustice and bizarre belief systems that are plaguing our society, Andrew, are born out of a feeling of alienation, of not belonging, of not being part of any kind of family or community, and people in that state of isolation, in a sense, uh, self-created in effect, uh, do bad things. They hurt other people. They hurt our planet herself. And we are living in this, this miasm, you know, and it's pathetic and it's sad, and it's heart-wrenching, and uh, we're all paying the price for that sense of of abandonment, uh, not in the good sense, but that sense of isolation, I should say. And the technologies of communication, ironically enough, are just aiding and abetting that situation because people don't even know how to talk to each other anymore so often. They only know how to talk through texting and the like. They don't even want Facebooking and all. They don't even want to meet with people face-to-face anymore. That's it. But there, there is a technology of communication with your own inmost self. And that technology is mystical practice. And that technology is deep meditation and deep prayer. That technology is devotion. Indeed. And that's what people need to discover, and it will turn them into beings who long to communicate face-to-face and heart-to-heart and body-to-body. The revolution has to start at the core. 
and the core is the self. And from realization, increasing realization of that self you are, comes all kinds of strength and all kinds of desire to to bring people together and all kinds of ways of helping others. That's the amazing secret. And it's open to everyone. So in a time like this, seeing what you've just described, what could be more important than undergoing the difficult and amazing journey of coming into connection with your deepest self so as never to be alone because you're always accompanied by the presence of the beloved and never not to be in communion with reality so that whatever opportunity you get you can give something precious and tender and helpful to someone else absolutely absolutely Wise words, my friend, wise words. You are so clearly uh, inspired by and have become part of the body of Kabir and his spirit. It's so obvious in my knowing you and through your poem. Truly, truly. Thank you for joining me today on the show and sharing your love and your wisdom with our audience yet again. And uh, we'll just have to do this again soon. We've got another 104 poems to discuss. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you again, Andrew Harvey. Please, if you would, give your website and if people want to get Yes, Andrew Harvey. For this, for sacred activism. Yes, absolutely. Well, please, if please, I speak on shift, I teach on shift, so if you want to hear more of me, there I am. I would love it if you were inspired by what I'm saying about Kabir to take, that you take Kabir into your own heart and mind and soul and body and see what happens. And yes. my book has turned me to gold, it's produced by Unity Press, and it's 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 burning into many people's hearts at this moment. I'm yeah. proud to say, yeah, really true, and into mine. So, as you burned yourself into mine long ago. So, thank you, my dear Mitchell. Thank you. God bless your work. Thank you for your work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. To be continued. We'll have you on again soon. It's been too long. We had way too long a period in there. And I'd love to have you back because this is really important work, both, and I honestly would put it this way, the interface of the magnificent and heart-rending poetry in light of our current day situation and how people can become empowered and emboldened through it to take sacred action in today's world. So uh, I really feel there's a very important interface here that I want to continue uh, to explore with you. I'd love that. Beautiful. Thank you again, Andrew. We will talk soon. Andrew Harvey, beautiful, beautiful man who is completely committed to the evolutionary thrust of our world, of our species, and helping to uh, save, really, uh, and awaken all of humanity. And his deep love of animals and the animal world is just another major theme of his life. And uh, he's been involved with the white lion movement in South Africa that I know of. He's introduced me to several of his colleagues there over time. And a lot of work that he does are across the world is in light of that and bringing forth the magnificent poetry of Kabir and Rumi so that all can become more awake and more alive as a result. I want to thank all of you for listening. Remember that we are a 501c3, a nonprofit, and your donations, your contributions to a better world help us thrive on the air and sustain so please write to me uh, also with your comments we love hearing from you mjr at abetterworld.net that's mjr at abetterworld.net visit our website join the 
a better world family and community through uh, receiving our newsletter. It's uh, listed on our website. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you.